0: Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Hey, welcome to another episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Sam with Fowser Consulting. And I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And gang, hold on to your hats because for the second episode in a row, we are going to look at a book. And this is a book that Drew picked out. And as I was listening to it last night on my way back from the beautiful state of Ohio, I thought, dang, Drew, good choice. So tell the listeners what you chose. Uh, The book this week is
1: Be the Best at What Matters Most by Joe Calloway. It was suggested to me by friend of the show, Dale Roberts. So, Dale, thanks for that. Because, Sam, um, I want to get into the book. We've got to play a soundbite. So, why don't we just play the soundbite and get into the book?
0: Books, books, all the books I'll
1: need, all the books, all the books I'll ever want. So, Sam, a book that says Be the Best at What Matters Most, And since you listened, you heard the first chapter where he says, this is what it is. I'm done. Peace out. I thought it might be your favorite book at that moment because it could have been the
0: one page book. It it really could have been. I mean, be the best at what's most important. And then, unfortunately, he went on to say, but that wouldn't sell many books or something like that. And on he went into the next 22 chapters, 22 chapters, which. I'm, I'm going to spoil here for the listeners. Um, chapter
1: six is the better than yesterday chapter. Okay. It's not called better than yesterday, but it's totally just find some small improvement from yesterday and be better than that, which would make it the better than yesterday chapter.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as we were chatting yesterday about the book, you sent me a text that said, and chapter six is my favorite chapter ever (laughs) that I hadn't skimmed. So I was waiting for this mind blowing silver bullet piece of knowledge. And as he got about three paragraphs into the chapter, I said to myself, okay, there it is. Yep. Selfless promotion. Yeah, you know, and I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I thought the name of your company was spot on for what we do, and and the chapter is spot on for what he's talking about in the book. So
1: each each chapter is broken down into paragraphs. Each paragraph has like a little subtitle, and in this one, it's better tomorrow than you were today, which would make that the better than yesterday chapter, as far as I'm concerned.
0: I mean, I think that's a strong loose translation. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that. We're in the same ballpark. We're looking at the
1: same picture. We're both batting. Like, yeah, yeah, we're close enough. Now, you said you were listening to this while you were driving. I was um, enjoying fabulous Michigan weather on outside office days with it being like 75 and sunny. And 40 degree wind gusts. Yeah, that, that was happened 40 mile an hour. That was happening every once in a while. I had to stand up and hold my tent down. I know we'll get to the end where this book goes. I know we go to the fables and this is very clearly not a fable. But this is really close to an operating manual in the likes of Atomic Habits or Clone Yourself. Reading it all the way through is okay, but really it's about like like get to the end of the chapter, look at these couple questions, stop and go do what he's asking you to do and then come back.
0: I think you're spot on, Drew. You know, I've said it before, I'm not big into reading the first couple of paragraphs and then deciding if I want to jump to the end. But that technique really lends itself well to this book because of the way he's laid it out. I mean, the stories are good. I mean, I, I liked all the stories that he told and and I, I thought they were pertinent. The truth be told, the way he lays out these questions at the end and rate yourself on a scale of one to 10, I mean, it really is an operating manual. It really is something that you're not thinking about philosophies that he's talking about and how will it, how can I make that work for me if you just do what he asks you to do at the end of the chapters? I think you're going to find yourself on a path to actually figuring out what the most important thing to you is. Can can I jump to the end of the book and a
1: quote that I absolutely love that we need to slightly adjust and steal for ourselves? And I'm going to say it on the podcast and And Sam, feel free to claim it as your own as well once we're done with this.
0: Typically, what I do on things like that, drew is I will give credit the first three times I use it, and then after that it's royalty free fabulous i'm I'm okay with that so at the
1: near the end of the book, there's a quote from Andy samberg um <laughs> set, live guy uh, brooklyn nine nine and his quote is and this is right out of the book. As Andy Samberg of Saturday Night Live once said, we don't start the show because we're ready. We start the show because it's 1130. And Sam, the rush doesn't start because we're ready. The rush starts because there's orders on the screen.
0: Absolutely. Or or, or maybe because we miss this in our hours of show prep, maybe we could say we don't open the store because we're ready. We open the store because it's 1030 or insert your time. So and I think if Andy were with us right now, he would say, sometimes we're ready and sometimes we're not. But we know no matter what, that live from New York, it's Saturday night. is starting at 1130. So we need to do everything we can to be prepared. So live from your pizza kitchen, it's Monday morning and you've got to be ready when the doors open. There can be There can be no excuses if you want to be the best at what's most important. And let me ask you this, Drew, as you're reading this book and he's, he's, he's talking about what's most important. I mean, maybe it didn't ring in your ears as much because I won the debate, but I just kept thinking product. I was waiting
1: for how long product was going to come up. And the only thing I kept hearing in this was service, service, service. So it's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But if you look at the questions when he's talking about if you're a restaurant, the first question he always asks is how good is your food? I'm just saying not that now that I have, you know, written documentation that I won the debate. Um, And I think every single guest we've had since has said I won the debate. And okay, I'm just going to leave that there. And I will be as obstinate as I could
1: be that your great product delivered in 45 minutes old and cold is no longer a great product, even if it went in the oven as awesome as it could be and And my slightly average, with one bubble on the edge, hopped basically correctly, but a couple pepperoni out of the way,
0: delivered in fourteen minutes, is amazing. And I'll give you this: I think there is darn close to equally as important as humanly possible. And I
1: was waiting for you to say that and not me because that means that I win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? If that's what you need to make yourself feel better today, even though every single guest we've had and every comment we've had said, I won, then I'm going to go ahead and let you think that. It's cool. I,
1: (laughs) people can be wrong, Sam. And at this moment, I know I'm not. And that's
0: okay. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Now that you said that. I can't remember what episode it was, but I seem to recall uh, Drew Helmholtz one saying, I'm the guy that always has to be right.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: that's, uh, that's all right. Back that's to where the book. We're at right now. Back to the book where the first question they ask is, How good is your
1: product? They do ask that because most restaurants have to have great product when you're seated waiting forty-five minutes for your pub fries. There was one that I liked where He does the questions to consider, and the chapter is um, three is the magic number. And the question was, on a scale of one to 10, how well does everyone on our team understand exactly what is expected of them? And I instantly thought of the folks who do the, the team member surveys. Oh, my gosh, that is such an amazing question to put on the survey. Besides, would you recommend this job to friends and family, that one to 10 how? How confident are you in your ability to explain what your role is? It's such a fabulous question because when I'm going around and I'm teaching my handle the rush class and I'm doing assign the role and everybody's like, this is stupid. This takes five extra minutes. Johnny knows Johnny's on dough and Janie knows Janie's on the oven. And I'm like, yep. And you need to explain it to them and you need to tell them where they're supposed to be. And it's amazing that when we do it, all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, this is so cool that I know what I'm supposed to do tonight. Yeah,
0: no kidding. That question is just so huge. I I love that you went there. And as I was listening to this book, I started to think, you know, regardless of what the topic of the workshop is I'm teaching, sooner or later, I get back to the point that we need full-fledged expectations and that the team needs to understand what they're doing. And I've had similar situations which which I'm going to interrupt
1: for one second full-fledged expectations I think came up in this book like 11 different times
0: right I just started thinking to myself that it, you know we we talked about this before we were recording this book was full of validation for both you and I because it it was just it was hard to determine whether I was the pot or the kettle as I was listening to this book because you know it just talked about you know full-fledged expectations and assigning roles and how well does your team know what their roles are. And I've done exercises as well where we're talking about filling out a position chart so that people know what they're doing. I think what's happening to us as leaders is that we think that everybody in the restaurant is there as invested in the success of the metrics we're trying to deliver as we are. And the reality is they're just not. And that's okay. It's your career. It's their job. So as the leader, it's important for us to make sure they know which way the boat is going so that when they put their oar in the water, they're not rowing against us. And that's what a position chart does. And that's exactly in the book what he says. If I went around and asked each of your team members, what are we trying to accomplish? What would they say? And I'm just thinking, I think you'll agree with this. If we walked into a thousand Domino's pizza stores tonight and grabbed any particular driver and said what are we trying to accomplish tonight they'd be like i don't know uh we deliver pizza and and they wouldn't know you know and if we asked the manager they might get these big bright eyes and go "Oh, we're trying to accomplish 17 minute adt and we want to get a one minute load and a zero minute rack time and we want to make great pizzas all day and deliver it with amazing service and quality and 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 the driver just be like i don't know we deliver pizza uh i don't know and and that's okay. The driver shouldn't be as excited about what's happening as you are. And I think truth be told, they're just, maybe there's a driver or two that is, but for the most part, they're not. It's their job. It's not their career. And I think once you wrap your head around that and you start leading them in a way that's going to make them excited, I think you start to get the results. And, you know, to your point, Drew, this book is a how-to book and all you got to do is do what it says to do. I want to piggyback on your
1: driver conversation because in there, he talks about meetings and I've been a fan of the pre-shift huddle for years now, as opposed to like having crew meetings. And if we just did pre-shift huddles religiously at open and whatever you want to call the next shift, whether that's two, three, four, five, whatever, right? If you just do them religiously, you could ask, you could pull that driver and say, What are we trying to accomplish tonight? And the driver would at least be able to tell you the one behavior we want them to do tonight. You know, hey, tonight is all about us backing into every parking spot. Or tonight is all about us, heck, I don't know, only putting the deliveries in the passenger seat, not in the back seat or the trunk where you hide your kidnapped victims. <laughs> I don't understand why drivers put pizzas in the trunk. I don't understand.
0: Nor no, um, do I.
1: <laughs> I'm okay if they don't know what the metric is we're going for. It'd be great if they did. If the drivers know the behavior we're looking for that drives us to the metric and they can explain that. Man, that's such an enormous win.
0: Well, here's what I really like about your pre-shift huddle. And you said the word about 17 times tonight. If I have a crew meeting, that crew member may not work again for three or four days. That crew member's life is going to happen in the next three or four days. And by the time they work their next shift, if they remember anything at all that was said in the crew meeting, I'm going to be really, really surprised. Now, I'm not against crew meetings at all. I I think they are a great way to disseminate information, make sure the crew is on the whole team. And as an extra special bonus, it's a good way to build camaraderie and teamwork. But I'm with Drew 100 percent on this. I think a quick huddle about what we're trying to accomplish tonight while they're already at work, in uniform, ready to go to work, will get you far better results. And we're not talking about a 30-minute meeting with an agenda.
1: No, I've been building out my uh, infographic for how to do a pre-shift huddle. And I don't think, under the assumption you have less than 10 people, this should be 90 seconds to two minutes. If you've got 10 people or more, maybe it gets to four minutes.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen your infographic, but this is what I'm envisioning. And tell me if I'm just uh, way in left field. Hey, this is what we're trying to accomplish tonight. This is how we're going to do it. What questions do you have for me? What's on your mind? Break. There's a step or two before that of, you know,
1: hey, at least review something so you can have some goal for tonight. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. Get the team together. This is what we want to do. How is it you
0: will help us get there? Go. I just want to hit, hit a couple more points on the book. The one thing he got into, he said he was he he said at the very beginning the book was going to be very contrarian to other books that are out there or other people's ideas of things. And one of the things that I, I thought was quite contrarian, and I had to think about it for a minute before I really decided whether or not I was on board with it. He's talking about vision statements and mission statements. And before I jump into that too deep, the one thing I really like, he said. If you're doing these things and they're working for you, keep doing them. He 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 didn't come off as a, my way or the highway. He didn't come off as this is what I do. This is what you should do. He was constantly saying, this is what I do and it works for me. If you're doing something else and it works for you, hey man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But he's talking about these vision and mission statements and how we went to a three-day retreat and we went through 42 pads of flip sheet paper. And by the time it came down, we had to have something on paper. And when we went back, it, it went up and and nobody looked at it till the next employee meeting where we dusted it off and we rah-rahed it and we pulled out our little cards out of our wallet. and We all chanted them and then we put them back away and never did anything with them again. You know, I've had clients in the past that have just got amazing vision and mission statements. And I pull them out in front of a workshop and I say, Tell me what's on these. And it's deer in the headlights for days. And, you know, he says, What's most important to you? That should be your mission and your vision. And everybody should live it on a daily basis. And I really, really liked how he went into that. The second thing that I thought was really important was he said, When you're thinking about what's most important to you, it has to be, One, two, three, maybe four things. If it turns into 20 things, then nothing's most important to you. And I think we're really good at that at Domino's. We've got 25 things that we're trying to accomplish, and then nothing gets accomplished. And, you know, back to our debate, we tried to narrow it down to one thing. And truth be told, both of those things that we were debating I think if those two things aren't on your list of most important things that you do running a Domino's pizza store, you are missing the boat. If you are not constantly talking about and working towards perfect product and world-class service, you're not going to be successful in
1: this. I got done um, a little more than two weeks ago at uh, Yano Nation out in Lubbock. Texas and they had me come in because they felt that they were a little stagnant that um, one of the supervisors actually said that they felt like they were treading water and so I'm like cool so what do you guys stand for why are you here and they couldn't tell me so we did an impromptu okay impromptu to them I kind of had it planned because I thought that would be the answer let's get your vision and mission down on paper and to your point Sam it wasn't me with 42 pages it was what's important to you And it was so cool that after like an hour and a half, the place they got to was they just want to be the first place everybody thinks of to either order or to work. That's their vision. And then they've got all these things that feed into it. To your point, four, they have some service guidelines. They have some non-negotiables. They want to be good neighbors to those that aren't customers yet. And they want everybody that's there to feel like their family. That's it. And there's a couple things in each of those. But for the most part, it's those four things to remember. And the service standards are, oh, my gosh, you won't believe it. Great pizzas delivered in 20 minutes or less. And that's why I wanted to bring that up because that's,
0: that's it. Like, that's, that's what the customers expect. Our, our mutual friend that doesn't know he's our mutual friend. But Simon Sinek says all the time, start with why. What's your why? If you don't know what your why is, then you're not invested in the process. And it's not, it's not heartfelt what you do. Hey, let's, um, let's land this plane and cut to the final cut of, uh, the final cut. I'm, I'm two twins in an albuming it apparently let's, uh, let's talk about where we've put this book. Did they do the final cut? They do do the final cut. That's a fabulous album. Oh no, no, no. The final cut is the last segment of their show where they rate it. So is it on oh. the turntable in the collection collecting dust? Yeah. The final cut's also a fabulous album. Pink Floyd, eighty, eighty four. 84. Your musical knowledge is far deeper and more robust than mine. It stops at like 1997. (laughs) Yeah. Well, mine stops at about 1986. So tell me what you think about the book. Where is it going? And uh, and do you recommend or not? I guess. All right. So I, I don't know where this book's going, Sam. I
1: highly recommend this book. If you believe yourself a leader reading this book, I don't know how long the audio portion is, but reading the book, It's not a medical tome here, folks. You can read this book. I'm a slow reader and I probably read it over three days, call it three and a half, maybe four hours. So where is this book going? I can't probably show you, but I have a collection of books that are like right under my monitors, always right around my hands. Working Genius, uh, The Ideal Team Player, Clone Yourself. And then this one's going right there too. It's not in the backpack. I'm going to give this book away. I don't know where to put it. I want to put it everywhere.
0: I think the reason you want to put it in it everywhere is because it is a published work of stuff that we
1: say. Correct. Correct. We have so many clients to tell us you're here because you're going to say the same thing I say. They need to hear it from a different voice. And this book is the exact same thing.
0: Yeah. In fact, yeah. yeah. I was out in uh, Oceanside, California, uh, visiting our great men and women in the Marines at Camp Pendleton with, with Shane and Jaden Casey and and Sydney Casey, and you know what Shane called me? He said, "Sam, you are TV dad." Oh no! Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. you seen the TV dad ads? I have seen the TV dad.
1: ads. Where the ads. real dad. Like
0: I just yeah. said that.
1: Yeah. Well, wait till you're a
0: dad. I am his dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. so yeah, that's that's uh that sums up the book pretty well. You know, I'm in the same place. In fact, I'll probably order twenty-five or thirty copies of it today to put on prize tables. And I was thinking as I was listening to it, I bet Drew's thinking the same thing I'm thinking right now, and that is I could make a workshop out of this book. Because you really could. And most of the work is already done. I mean, you just reformat the last page of each of each uh, chapter, and you've got a, a great handout, and you've got great work for them to do. Some takeaways, you know. I, I don't know about your clients, but my clients love takeaways—things that their people can do after we've left. For me, it's definitely you're going to see this on the prize table in workshops coming up. Uh, it's going to be referenced in in uh, workshops that I'm putting together in the PowerPoint. I really liked it a lot. He referenced a couple of other books that he did. I want to look into those and maybe you'll hear them here on the pod. He mentioned the checklist manifesto and I was like, yeah, yeah right. The checklist <laughs> manifesto. <laughs> you know, there were parts of it that I, as I was listening to it, I wondered if it was dated. And then when he got to the end and it said, you know, you've been listening to such and such uh, copyright 2013. I go, oh, yeah, OK, so it's it's a little bit dated. But I think the information is rock solid, uh, and you know I did it on audio. You did, you read the book for me. The audio, it ran three and a half hours, uh, which was perfect yesterday because I had a three and a half hour drive. So as I was pulling into my driveway, the book was done, and I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to be ready for recording, even though I've told Drew for two weeks I was ready.
1: I was reading it this week, and I told you the same thing. So I'm glad that we're mutually lying to each other at yeah. the same time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so there's that. So I thought it was a great book. Highly recommend. I'll make sure it's up on my website with a link. I'm sure you'll do the same on yours. Yep, already there on mine. Yeah, and 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 you know, for folks that have been going to that link, thanks so much. Um, I just got my Amazon payment for all of 2022 because that's how long it took them to get to enough to pay me. It was thirty eight dollars for the entire year. So some people are buying books. I appreciate it. Those pennies are adding up. I just redid
1: mine. And I think after the first month, I might be
0: at $7. Yeah. Yeah. And they pay out every yeah. 10. So, yeah. um, So, yeah. So thanks, folks. Yeah. for going to our, our links to buy those. I know it sounds like paltry pennies, but, you know, every penny counts. We love it. And uh, I'll make sure it's up. Drew's already got it up on his. So if you want to get it, go to either one of those websites, follow the link. It'll take you to Amazon. To our affiliate site, you'll pay the same amount you always do. And we'll get a couple of pennies, which is nice. If you like listening to our podcast and you want to listen to the
1: books instead of our podcast, because you listen to the podcast and what are you going to do the other four days of the week? Go to, I don't know if you're doing it as well, Sam, but on my website, I've got a deal for uh, Audible. So the the folks can go. And if you've never done Audible, you can do a free trial of Audible or you can get the uh, subscription for Audible through my website. And yeah, there go, you go and grab all the books.
0: Yeah, and Audible's the uh the service I use for the books. And um, you know, for our book lists, you can do the downloads from from Amazon on Audible, which is nice. So all right, dude. Hey, listen, you've been listening to another episode of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I, I can't believe you're still listening, but man, am I grateful that you are. We are continuing to pump them out, continue to tell your friends, like them, subscribe. If you subscribe and you send me a picture, I'll send you a cool Drew and Sam talk training hat pin. They are still in stock. If you see me in a store and you show me your following, I'll hand you the pin myself. Nice. There you go. And I'll do the same. I'm carrying them with me everywhere I go now. As always, I'm Sam with Fowler Consulting. And I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. Go out and sell more pizza. And
1: Bye bye, whoo's here.